Well, I, I wonder, tonight I have a weird question for you. Um, and that's this. Have you ever spent much time thinking about trees? <laughs> you weren't expecting that to come out of my mouth, were you? You know, they're, they're pretty amazing, if you really think about it. Pretty amazing organisms. They, they grow slow. They grow steady. Usually in a way that's completely imperceptible. Trees are enduring. Uh, I want to show you a picture of the oldest tree in the world. This is the Great Basin Bristlecone Pine. Uh, it's 5,067, 69 years old. I realized when I looked it up, it was from a couple years ago. Uh, it's in uh, California, and it's still alive. The oldest tree in the world. How do they know it's that old? You ever wonder? I mean, how can they figure out that's how old that tree is? They just take a guess? Well, inside a tree, if you open it up, uh, you'll find rings, right? And you find all of these rings inside of a tree if you were to slice right through it. You can see them in, in all kinds of trees. And those rings tell a story. They tell a story. Uh, they tell incredible stories, actually. Stories about the age of the tree itself, about how much it grew in each year of its life. They can even tell stories, I don't know if you know this, those rings can even tell stories about uh, different environmental events and change. I mean, was there, was there a drought? They can figure that out. Was there disease? They can, can see that as well. All of this and more can be learned by studying the characteristic patterns of annual growth of the rings of a tree. Uh, during years where uh, the temperature and rainfall are ideal for a certain species of tree, the trees grow faster and their rings are wider. So we know that was a good year. But other years when it's too hot or it's too cold or too wet or too dry, the trees grow more slowly and so the rings are much more narrow and thinner. Uh, studying this, uh, you ready for a big word? It's the science of dendrochronology. Studying the age of trees. Uh, you know, if you've ever looked at a tree stump and you, you've seen some of the rings of a tree, and those rings, they're different colors. Uh, no, show me that other slide there just for one second of those rings again. And uh, you can see the different rings of a tree and they're different colors, right? There's some that are light and some that are dark. And each parts of that uh, tell a story as well because many trees in temperate zones, they make one ring of growth every year. And with the, the newest ring is closest you know, to the bark, to the edge of the tree. And so for the entire period of a tree's life, year by year, there's this ring pattern that's formed. And you can look a lot about looking back at them. There's early wood in the year. Uh, from the earlier in the year during the highest growing season or the highest growing season of the year. And, and that wood is a little bit lighter in color. And then in the slower growing time of the year, it's a little bit darker and denser and more put together. 
And there's new growth or early growth and old growth of the wood of a tree. You can also see more about the history of a tree, though, looking at these cutaways and these rings. You see the history of a tree's growth, its shedding of branches and stresses. And you know those by studying the knots of a tree. Because some trees have these knots in them where there had been something else growing, another branch growing off, but for whatever reason, that branch is is gone now. It's no longer there. Um, The remaining living wood and that grain keeps growing right around those knots where there was a branch that's now gone. And sometimes those were good losses that allowed the tree to keep growing and growing more and more in strength and in health. But in other times, those knots can be markers of of incredible stress in the life of a tree. You know, um, maybe there was a large storm that destroyed part of it. Maybe damage was inflicted by a a predator or a disease of some sort on the tree. Maybe a pruning of something that needed to go to ensure the tree would thrive and survive. There's a number of reasons for these knots in trees. Some are good, some are painful, some are hard. But the evidence the knot leaves is that life keeps going after the fact. And it keeps going and growing. You know, maybe uh, you might think tonight of just your life as a tree. Do you know the Bible compares us to trees often? It talks about, uh, uh, the metaphor of a tree is used all over in scripture. It it represents individuals as people at times and, and all of us corporately as God's people. It's used as an image to represent growth and transformation Jeremiah 17 talks about the goal of being like a tree that's planted by a stream of water whose roots go deep down near the edge of the water and that it's watered and can be fruitful and grow in season and out of season. Paul and Jesus both talk about our lives being spirit, like, like spirit, bearing spiritual fruit like that of a tree. And God's people collectively were referred to as a living organism in scripture, even as an olive tree with Jewish roots where Gentiles are grafted in and spiritual transformation too is kind of like the growth of a tree, slow, sometimes imperceptible, steady over the long haul. And what began as a small seed of faith over time can become a powerful monument of faith as it's nurtured and grows and matures over time. And even Jesus died on a tree. He gave his life on a tree. Our culture uses, it as, uses a tree as a common metaphor as well. I mean, you think about it, there's all kinds of analogies about the pastor's family trees and the tree of life and getting back to your roots. It's not hard to think of our lives like that. But as you do, I wonder, if you're here with us tonight, for joining us online. I'm guessing you might look back at your life and you probably see some knots, don't you? Uh, Some places where uh, 
Well, even as you look at the rings, there were years of health and prosperity and growth. And then there were lean times where maybe there wasn't as much growth. And then again, some of those knots where there was something there that's now gone. And life's just continued on. But that thing is, has marked you and it's marked me. And it'll always be there. Some are good ones, major transitions in your life, you know, from losing your baby teeth to graduating high school to moving out on your own to your first job to getting married. But some are pretty painful. And uh, as you look back at those knots, you look back at them with the joy of what was, but the sorrow of now what's not, don't you? I do too. And I've got plenty of them. And I imagine you do as well. You know, um, could be a lot of different things. Could be the death of a loved one, the loss of a marriage or a relationship. Could be the loss of a job or a home, a fire, a disaster, the loss of your health, cancer. Those are incredibly painful losses and they've, they've marked you and they've marked me. You know, uh, in our home, Hannah and I have a large wood table. And uh, I actually, I kind of got to design it. It's kind of fun. I drew it out, and a friend of ours, who's a carpenter years ago, uh, created what I had drawn. And uh, he made it out of hickory as a species of wood. And if, if you look at it, some of the most beautiful spots in that table are the places uh, where there are imperfections. And there's knots that create these amazing patterns in the wood. It's really, it's pretty gorgeous as you stare at it. Yeah, I have a feeling if I looked at that tree in the moment of its pain, when whatever happened to cause that knot, I probably wouldn't look at it as being quite as beautiful as I do when it sits in our dining room. You know, that moment might have been a pretty ugly one in the life of that tree. Maybe a branch was sick and died. Maybe an animal chewed it off. Maybe it was a huge storm that almost destroyed the life of the whole tree and ripped it apart and injured it. But whatever it was, God saw it to be good that the tree kept growing. And now looking back, he took whatever that event was, as hard as it may have been, and he used it. Not ignoring it, it's still there but he used it to create beauty. You know, friend, he'll do that in the same way with the knots in your own life and your own hurts and losses. And it could be that your loss is pretty recent and it's still pretty mangled and you're looking at me going, what are you talking about, Chester? I don't see how that could ever happen. But life will continue. God's faithful. And if there's anything we have hope about with Jesus coming is that he comes into our mess right where we are. He walks through it with us and he helps us through. And he promises to take even the hardest, most painful things in our lives and not call them good, but eventually use them to create beauty in our lives and in the lives of others for his glory. Maybe your loss, though, is, is well in the past, and you can even see that knot as it's been formed. And uh, 
life has gone on and things have grown up around it over the years, but it's still left a pretty visible mark on you. Well, tonight we're just remembering those things. Pointing to it, recognizing it's there, whether it's really ugly and mangled still, or uh, God has healed much of it over time and there's beautiful growth around it. Uh, We're looking at it and crying out to God about it, lamenting it, trusting him to do what only he can do, which is heal our hearts, help us through, and use it for good. And friend, that's my prayer for you tonight, that he do that in you. That whether that wound is fresh or it's a wound that's years or decades old but still hurts, that he would continue to work his good grace toward you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't abandoned you. Even when it feels like it, he has not. And lean into the things you know to be true, that he hasn't. For we know that God causes everything, I've said this already, Romans 8, 28, to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And uh, right now that might be hard to believe, but it is true. So hold on to his goodness. Friends, uh, we're gonna acknowledge that tonight and give you an opportunity to, if you'd like to, um, in a couple ways. Um, Jason and I are gonna continue playing and just having some music where you can sit and reflect or sing. Uh, You can also get up. We have over here in the room some uh, ornaments in these baskets that you're welcome to come up and and just write on them. Uh, You might write a word. You might write a name. You might write a prayer to God. You might draw a picture, whatever that might be, that would express your heart. And then you're invited, if you'd like to, you you can hang that on the tree and uh, anywhere you like, and it'll, it'll remain there through the Christmas season, and, or you can take it with you tonight. But if you leave it there, you can either get it in a couple weeks before the tree comes down, or if you're just like, no, I'm just giving that to the Lord and leaving it, you can leave it, and we'll take care of it for you. You can also come forward in a moment to the other side of the room. There's some candles set up, and uh, you can light a candle. And uh, as you do, uh, that small flame is just breaking and pushing away the darkness, even if just a little bit. And by faith, asking God to do that in your own heart. Uh, For those of you who are joining us at home, you know, I would encourage you to join us in this in some way, shape, or form. You could grab a piece of paper and uh, write a note or, uh, or draw an ornament or do whatever you want to do with that. And in the same way, you could fold it up and maybe stick it in your tree at home or, or stick it in your Bible somewhere meaningful, giving it to the Lord. You could also go find a candle or a small lamp or a light and dim the lights wherever you are and turn that one light on, asking Jesus to be a light in your own darkness to be the light of the world and and your hope during this season. So uh, friends, we're gonna do that now. Uh, Before we do though, let me pray and uh, we're gonna sing and uh, give you an opportunity just to respond or even just to sit and reflect however uh, you feel comfortable doing that and recognizing those things before the Lord. Father, thank you for Jesus. Um, Lord, the, the truth is we do, we all have, Uh, scars and uh, 
things in our life that are painful, brokenness, hurts, longings, losses. Um, And it's painful, Lord. And a season like this where we do celebrate your grace and your goodness can also be marked with just an incompleteness of either longing for joy or longing for a person. And so, Lord, tonight we just, we remember those losses. For those of us who've who've lost someone, we just take some time even now to remember their face, to remember their voice, their laugh, their touch and embrace. And Lord, we thank you for those memories. And for other, Father, for those of us uh, Maybe the pain tonight is just a, a different loss of some sort, the loss of, of a job or of a marriage or of uh, just the pain of uh, depression and loneliness. Lord, we acknowledge that to you as well. Remembering, Jesus, that, that you were born, uh, you put on flesh to ultimately die, and you, you experienced all of these same things. And so you're close to us in our brokenness and in our longing. We ask you to be close to us tonight in a tangible way. So Father, we just in our prayers and even in our physical acts and our singing here in a moment, we bring these things to you and trust them to you. In Jesus' name, amen.